this? I'm Casey, the new dispatcher. Casey? Anyone ever tell you you got a real sexy voice? All the time, Kuczynski. There are those who believe that life here began out there. These are their stories. Autopilot with Scott Johnson and Tom Merritt. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Autopilot. This is Autopilot Season 2, bonus episode 13. That's right, everybody. Lucky number 13. The opposite of what it actually is. But hey, we did this extra bonus episode because you, the fantastic fans, helped us. We'll get to that in a minute. I'm Scott Dog Puppet Johnson, and that's Tom Sexist Treatment of the New Dispatch Lady Merritt. Oh, how come I had to be Puchinski? <laughs> you get to be Puchinski. You wanted to for Halloween, but that was a no-go. Uh, I messed up as a small pu- puppet. Wow, dude. Puchinski. Perhaps the episode of this season, and again, um, a giant thanks to everybody who supported the show, got us to the stretch goal that unlocked this uh, this 13th episode for this Achievement season. Achievement unlocked. Indeed. You also went on to unlock all of season four, so those are coming at some point Woo! soon. But, Wait, uh, three. Yes. And this will, or what'd I say? Three? You said four. Oh. Wait. They got to pay for four. Wait, We're not giving that two, one away. Yeah, this is right. This is two, then three. Four, we'll <laughs> three, figure out. Three's in the bag, though. Uh, but yeah, we're we're pretty uh, stoked about that and really thankful for it. But it gave us this opportunity to talk about uh, the pilot of Puchinski, a show that never really made it past the pilot stage, and we love to cover these. So before we get too deep, uh, Tom, what's the what's the skinny on Puchinski? Yeah, this was suggested by Jeff Sparkman uh, during our first season. He's a huge TV nerd uh, and 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 one of the one of the guys that knows the most about just television in general that I've ever met. Uh, he pointed me towards Puchinski, which first aired July 9th, nineteen ninety, directed by Will McKenzie, written by Lon Diamond and Brian Levant, a uh, story by David Kirshner and Lon Diamond. So those are big names in, in the television industry. You may recognize a lot of those people because they've worked on very successful <laughs> television shows shows, yeah. but I almost hesitate to mention them in relation to Pajinsky, uh, which was a rejected TV pilot. This is, and this is one of the reasons we wanted to do it as a bonus episode is we don't get a lot of opportunity to do the pilots that don't get greenlit. We always want to do the stuff that, that did turn into iconic shows. This was rejected. It did star Peter Boyle as a cop killed in the line of duty who returned to life as a talking bulldog puppet <laughs> to try to avenge his murder. <laughs> Yeah, and if that sounds kind of dumb, I'm happy. I'm happy to report it's pretty dumb. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. It's kind of genius dumb. Yeah, and it's thankfully only a half hour show, so it's only going to take you know twenty twenty four minutes of your life. Yeah, uh, that you'll never get back. Yeah. to watch, but it, it's it's like watching a, a car wreck, isn't it? It, it kind of is, and I kind of there's a piece of me that wishes there was a little bit more, but there's another much more logical part of me that says, no, you don't, you don't wish that. It's not a train wreck. It's not good enough to be like watching a train wreck. It's yeah. like watching a car. It's like watching a bumper car wreck. <laughs> yeah, it's a little less chain <laughs> reacty. Sure, really? less people are involved, but yeah. it's it's, no a, one it's really still, got hurt. It's still a, it's still a rubbernecker for sure. <laughs> let's uh, let's get into the weirder aspects. Let's wrap this up, huh? I can't listen to this talk anymore. You know, Pachinski, I'm covering you for a month. And I'm sick of it. It's only a month. Seems like an eternity. Love me some Peter Boyle. I will say that up front. Uh, yes, allegedly 
this uh, episode, uh, the only episode of Puchinski, aired on NBC along with another dog pilot, the pilot for the TV adaptation of the movie Turner and Hooch, and NBC billed it under the banner Two Dog Night. <laughs> That's terrible. That's Anybody who doesn't know there's a band called Three Dog Night, so it's not even right. Like it's, it, yeah, we only had two dog shows, so we'll call it Two Dog Night. What was going two. on in that meeting? Like who, who said that was an idea you should go ahead and push and put that it out was, there? The summer of 1990, cable Oof. wasn't really pushing the envelope for summertime shows yet. Those days were yet to come. I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, but bad. there you go. That's how people first saw Puchinski. Now, you you may, may be thinking you're very intelligent out there saying, aha, Tom, but I have seen the trailer for Puchinski on TV with an ABC logo mm. down in the bottom. Uh, that is a little bit of behind-the-scenes knowledge. Uh, do, 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 do we move to... Am I moving us along too Let's fast? Let's go there now. Why not? Bring that dog along. What's it to you, Grandpa? Easy, fella. I lost my head, you know? When you get to be my age, you forget things, like, like whether or not this gun is loaded. <laughs> it's crazy Peter Boyle. He's about to shoot all the kids. <laughs> uh, the internet rediscovered Puchinski when it was featured on ABC's, quote, the best TV shows that never were wow, in that's 2003. A, that's a bold statement right there about the word best has thrown me off. But They basically took a bunch of failed pilots and turned them into a TV show. Okay. So the, the clip of the trailer has the ABC logo because that show where they showed the trailer was on ABC. Yeah, the best, the, my favorite part about actually viewing the episode was um, it, it's, it was on YouTube. And it's as good as you're going to get because you can't find this thing released anywhere. And uh, we'll link it in the show notes in case you haven't seen it yet uh, out there, folks. But if if not, go search for it. It's in three parts. It's kind of not easy to, to search. Find. Yeah, it's not hard to find. But during the first segment of the three segments, this thing's broken up into. And it was a half hour show, by the way. Um, you know, comedy style, I suppose. Yeah, I think the three segments are probably the around the commercial breaks. Yeah, it's I guess. yeah, it's like eight to ten minutes per segment or something. So it's about right. Um, it's uh, there's a there's an emergency weather service interruption. <laughs> right, right. In the middle of it, which you can't do anything about, but it's awesome to see <laughs> to see that happen on a on this kind of the more more compelling part of the plot was uh, Channel Eleven in Pennsylvania with the thunderstorm warning. Yeah, and I got a, a funny small just a little anecdotal conversation here. So yesterday. Excuse me, not yesterday. A bunch of time ago, uh, our good friend, uh, you know, mutual friend uh, Brian Ibbett, my co-host on a couple other shows and fantastic podcaster in his own right, uh, held his coverthon. And in that coverthon, he plays music all day and does all this stuff. And he had me on for a couple of hours uh, to sort of pass, you know, a couple of hours of the time. We did some contests, gave some stuff away, and he did some trivia with me. And one of the trivia things he came up with was to ask me questions about failed pilots. He says, all right, so autopilot's a thing, so let's see if you know this. And we got in this conversation, and he goes, what is the name of the pilot where a a man becomes a dog and transfers his soul to a dog, and it didn't go anywhere, and it was only one episode and all this stuff? And I had to just hold my tongue because I knew what Buczynski was only because of autopilot. Uh I totally nailed that question and got it right. So. Puchinski entering the the pantheon of internet culture one episode at a time, slowly becoming the classic it was always intended to be. Yes. uh, Without a doubt. Brought Uh, to you by, you know, uh, under the tutelage of David Kirshner, who who did Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, the TV series. Uh, He did The Addams Family uh, Return in the 90s. Uh, 
I, he's best known for being a producer on American Tale, The Page Master. Yeah, I think so. he even has writing credits for one of those American Tale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the yeah, American yeah, Tale movies. Right. He he wrote wrote those and worked with uh, animator Don Bluth to get that stuff out. I remember yep. seeing his name all all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, he also was part of a series called The Pirates of Darkwater. Do you remember that at all? No, I don't remember that one. I remember thinking that was really cool in 1991, but I don't know if I would now. Perhaps we put that on our list for a future mm. future autopilot. But uh, Yeah, he was an exec producer on that, too. Yeah, so yeah. an interesting career. That guy's been in all sorts of stuff and a lot of, you know, a lot of interesting things. The Page Master, which I liked. Uh, but yeah, this is not one of his better... Uh, better moments it's not Uh, you know what tom it's not that it's not that it's terrible all right i want to make something clear to everybody it's not terrible i just think it plays off the alf mentality Mm. that we want puppets in our tv shows with that's all i have to say to that (laughs) Uh, i did want to mention that john ritter the uh, late great john ritter also had his name attached to this so i mean i i think you're right scott it is not the worst television show ever made. Yeah. It just feels like something that's... Uh, it's. How do I put this? Here's what they could have done. Let's say this we, is on... We, ten- we're starting to talk about what happened. Yeah, we, just, we are. Let's just get into it. Why not? If you insist on bringing that thing along, you can at least bathe it. Well, you know nothing about bulldogs. That's the way they always smell. All right. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. That's what he meant to say. So, so here's what I believe to be the case. I think you make this show today and you either go um, uh, cable, gritty, edgy comedy, work a little blue. Like you kind of go all out. Ted, the movie Ted with the bear. All right. The okay. Seth MacFarlane thing. Okay. I, I see where you're going. That, right? That's your angle. You either go that way where you're, where you're playing it a little bit dirty and a little bit rusty for laughs and, and that will somehow work well certainly work for a certain audience and i think that i think that would actually make it a thing that people are like oh what, what's the one that was a british or an australian show and then came to american it's uh, the, the american one has frodo in it and it, he, he sees his dog as a grown-up dude in a suit and talks to oh him. uh uh wilfred yeah, yes the something in that the, the other way is to go sure. that way which is weird and esoteric and 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 you know has a different I don't know, a more, um, uh, I don't know, more of a, a weird vibe to it. More of a... Right, but they're not... You know, here's the thing. The, the the easiest thing to pick on, and there are many things to pick on. Sure. The easiest things to pick on in Puchinski is the puppet. Right. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of a Muppetish looking thing. It doesn't look like a dog. Yeah. And what Wilfred did to, to uh, avoid that aspect of it and not have to do the difficulty of a trained animal was they just dressed a guy up in a big bunny suit. Yeah. Or a dog suit. Or a dog suit. But, yeah. And so that's and, what and he so sees. You're, but, you're never saying, well, that doesn't look like a dog because that's the whole point is it doesn't look like a dog because to the owner, that's what a, that's what Wilfred looks like. It looks like a dog to everybody else. Yeah. So everybody else would glance at Puchinski and see a dog, just a, you know, a pit bull or not a pit bull. What is he? A, a, a freaking, what are they called? The ones, The bad hips. Uh, not boxer. What? Uh, the one that always chases, uh, chases Tom and Jerry around. I can't. Bulldog. Jeez. There you go. Bulldog. Oh uh, right. Yeah. Sorry. He's a bulldog. So if he if he if they would have if they would have done that and then it, so this partner only saw the full on Peter Boyle in a dog suit, suddenly you've got my ear. You know, like that's an interesting take. Now obviously it's a lot like Wilfred, and you know this would have preempted Wilfred, but sure. 
but I but I don't I don't know. That seems like that would probably work for me. But anything but this like weird like that puppet is is okay. So go back to um uh, the the labyrinth movie. All right, uh with with uh, David Bowie. All right, must I? You have to for this moment. All right. So in that movie, there's a dog, and it's ridden by a small Muppet creature. I forget what that Muppet creature is. Another dog, I think. But <laughs> dog he, riding a dog. <laughs> and he's riding around on this dog. And when there, there are scenes when it's just kind of chucking across the scene, and it's an actual dog with a puppet strapped to it, and it's one of those big, furry, like, sheep-looking dogs. And it can run around and do all this stuff. But when you get up-close shots of it, then that bo- dog he's riding turns into a full-on puppet. And it's clear there's a hand in there moving around and all that. That's what they do here is they've got a bulldog when he's running mm-hmm. across the room or something or peeing or whatever. But anytime it has a conversation, there is a hand all up in that face and the eyes aren't the same and it looks like a rubber fur. It looks like a Muppet. Yeah, it me. looks like a Muppet. You're exactly I'm right. All of a sudden, it's the Muppet show and that, that would be an awesome Muppet bulldog. It really would. It would be a hell, hell of a good dog for the Muppet show. Um, you know, rivaling Rolf himself, but it, but it's right. but it's no, it's just not a thing you can look at. I had Uncanny Valley just coming out of my ears looking at that thing, and I had so, a really hard time with it. Let's set that aside for a moment, okay. if we, if you will, Scott. Sure. Let's and remove say, the low hanging fruit and move up. Let's the tree. say, let's say they do a Wilfred thing, or let's say they they have a, a amazing CGI technology now that they're able to make it so that you are like, no, that is a dog. I'm never not thinking that's an actual bulldog talking, uh, and I'm not going to pick on that. The writing is atrocious. <laughs> I mean, it is like they said, let's make a script that is a, a, a mockery of every cliche in every bad sitcom written up until this point. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's all like super easy jokes, like be sexist to the lady at the desk. Oh, and don't be so sexist to the lady Puchinski. <laughs> Why are you so? I'm an incapable man who can't figure out that he's in love with the girl next door. Yes, exactly. And it, and it, and it, it, you touched on another problem I have. The the partner now owner, I guess, of Puchinski, uh, just accepted all this way too fast. Yeah, um, he went to the funeral. Dog shows up, talks to him, and within two minutes. He's like, oh, what am I going to do? Now well, I got I my partner Puchins- and a dog. Also awesome, the guy's name was Puchinski, which has pooch in it, <laughs> and he turns into a dog. Well, it's all part of our big two-dog night lineup, Tom. Freaking. Ugh. Also, did, did, did they not just blow the opportunity to have a cool moment when he turns into a dog? They just turned on the wind machine, and he looks at the dog, and the dog looks back, and he dies, and now he's the dog. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, there was no... There was no even attempt at any kind of of otherworldly explanation of the magic or, you know, or even just like not even an explanation, just ex- like having him show up in a white place with the spirit of the dog. I don't know. Anything happening instead of just like, it's really windy. I guess I'm a dog now. <laughs> well, and, it, and it's just another riff on the Freaky Friday story. It's just the same. It's yeah. like big. It's like you know a dozen other movies and tv shows where you're switching places and now what what would it be like to be a dog and then they just dive right into the bad jokes and the sorry humor and it just for me got got real boring real quick uh for me because i because i saw everything being telegraphed a mile up the street it'd be it'd be like oh well he's here's our p joke 
uh, he's peed on a leg of somebody. And, and, and as hilarity ensues, the partner doesn't know what to do to cover up for it. And everybody's like, well, don't bring your stupid dog in here. But he's going, well, my dog is the, my partner and I've got to stay with him. And, <laughs> you know, it's just so. Yeah, it's just so spirals I, I think an emblematic moment for me in the, I, I, I hesitate to say laziness because these are actually good professional writers who've written decent stuff. So I don't know what happened here, but it really felt like they phoned this one in. Uh, is when they talk, they named the sergeant Shriver. Do you know who Sergeant Shriver is? Um, He's the guy who who helped create the Peace Corps. He was part of the Kennedy. He married a Kennedy. Oh, right. Uh, He's a, the Shriver Shriver. Got U, it. U.S. ambassador to France. His name's Sergeant Shriver, and that's always funny to be like, oh, okay. So they 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 go that route, you know. 30 years later with the Sergeant Shriver pun. <laughs> like, oh man, you just, you don't even, tr- you're not really trying here, are you? I know people, people are barely aware of Maria Shriver in 1990. Yeah. Little, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah. There's just a lot of that sort of stuff. And it just got, it got to the point at the end of that pilot. I went, well, of course you didn't renew this or, you know, order episodes. Of course not. You know, you. I don't care who you had attached. I don't care if it's Peter Boyle, and I don't care if it's a hundred really great producers and writers. This that you you did the right thing. I usually argue <laughs> with with you know with these networks like, ah, oh, how can you do this to Firefly or how can you do this to right, other right. great shows? Uh, we talked about on Dragnet last week. How could you not let that show flesh itself out and become awesome because it was really on the way of doing that? You didn't give it a chance. But then this comes along, and sometimes I see shows come along like this and they make it, and I go. Like I still, and I know a lot of people are going to be pissed about what I'm about to say, and that's fine. Send us your emails. I'm happy to 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 field these. But I think, like for example, another a show I would call similar to this, Alf. I don't like Alf. I don't think Alf's funny. I feel like the conceit is irritating. I don't like the puppetry. I don't like anything about Alf. I never did, and I still don't. Scott, do you not like puppets? I love puppets. It's a contextual thing. Na- name another another non Muppet puppet show that you love oh crap you would do that to me <laughs> you know what i okay um uh team america ah good good <laughs> that's a movie it's, though it's i think it's technically marionettes but we'll, we'll count it okay about it's just basically the same thunderbirds same idea. Oh, that's the same stuff isn't it yeah thunderbirds, thunderbirds are also marionettes sure. maybe you have a marionette fetish May, <laughs> would would puchinski have been better if it had been marionette yeah, now there, <laughs> now you're on to something. A marionette yeah, dog maybe. walking around. You may be right about that. I just don't, I just, I feel like the network made a, a good choice here. This isn't a thing you'd want to spend any good money no, on. I, I 100% agree. But it sounds like you didn't have as much fun watching how awful this was as I did. Um, I think I, I think I didn't. There, there's a, there's a vibe about that period of, of time, 1990, 1991. There, that's a kind of a weird time culturally, I, th- I think, pop culturally speaking. And I don't like the vibe of it. I don't like the the mm-hmm. the David or the David Austin, Austin Green. What's his name? Whatever his name is. The nine hundred two one zero days. Mm-hmm. That weird period. Parachute pants and paisley shirts and this kind of. We're not in the eighties anymore. We're into something new yet, but we don't know what to call it. Period. And I feel like this move. This this show was made in that time. Yeah. And I don't like that time. That was a funky time. I'm not a fan of it. Other than. I- you know, I, was I certainly fun, I was in the middle of college when this came out, 1990. Yeah, uh, and so I wasn't watching a lot of television regularly. I, I I'd watch things like Twin Peaks because they were awesome, and I would make time to watch it. But I certainly wasn't watching Two Dog Night, uh, so I, I definitely <laughs> missed uh, both the Turner and Hooch and Puchinski premieres. Wasn't there another one, K Nine, right? With um, 
Uh, oh, right. One of the Belushi, uh, what's well, we've been just a living Belushi brother, uh, Jim Belushi. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I, I just remember there was a there was a stream of these like dog talking dog movies coming out. And as far as I'm concerned, the okay, okay, here's one where it works. All right, and it's again it's a movie, so it's not really fair. But George Miller's, uh, who is responsible for all the Road Warrior movies and all that, uh, he made uh, the Babe movies, Babe and Babe Pig in the City. And they are talking animal movies. Right. While they use a you know fandangled new CGI at the time technique to have their voices or their their mouths move with synchronized voices and stuff, there is an example of talking animals that I can totally get behind. Those hold up. They're fantastic. They're not just for kids. Uh, they also have uh, the guy from Star Trek who invented warp drive. I can't think of the actor's name. Scotty no, Peter Doohan. No, the actor guy. Who, oh, oh, right. Uh, uh, first Contact. What's his name? Anyway. He's in, oh, I can't think of his name. He's a great actor. He won the best supporting actor for, for Babe, I believe. Really? See, now I've never seen Babe. You, I've heard you it should. mocked roundly. Yeah, you, I think you should. Like, it is not what people think it is. It is a, it is not a kids' movie. It, it is. I mean, kids. It's great for kids. But I remember James Cromwell. James Cromwell. Thank you. I just remember thoroughly enjoying that that movie. And part of it was they just got they got it figured out how to make talking animals work. And outside of, you know, the uh, Charlotte's Web style stuff, that's just about as best as it's ever been done. And it's been tried on. It's been tried a million other times. And I think to terrible, terrible ways has that been tried. And certainly this show is this this Buczynski thing is definitely an indicator of that as well. I think one of the things that makes this so entertaining to me how it, it is the fact that there have been good things done. And I, I, I want, I know there are probably people shouting at you right now because they hate babe or whatever, and I'm not going to defend or, or champion that cause at all. Right. Uh, but, but there are certainly plenty of other examples, uh, of good, a, a good attempts at the, at this sort of thing. And this one falls so flat, but it's so well produced and it's got Peter Boyle yeah. who's become, who's become a, a recognizable character. Uh, for other reasons. And so you see him, it, it's that cognitive dissonance thing where it's like, wait a minute, what is Peter Boyle doing in here? And why does this shot, why did they spend so much money shooting this thing that is so well, and yet it's so, just so bad, <laughs> yeah. so predictable. What it, it almost <laughs> becomes fascinating to me. Like, what is it that separates this from the work of, of what are otherwise very talented people? Like, what what did they miss? What is the the sauce that that would have separated this uh, from something else, because it's not like there aren't plenty of other cliched shows that ended up being greenlit and popular, and 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 maybe they're not great, but they're not nearly as bad. Well, it's that old road dabbling thing where once you're in the car and everybody said they wanted to go on this terrible idea of a trip, nobody's mm. nobody's willing to raise their hand and go, well, we shouldn't do this. So instead, they all go to Abilene, have a terrible burger, and wish they'd never gone. I feel like that's—I I forget how that actual story goes. Yeah. It's a pretty good allegory, but but it's but I think that's what happened here. I, I just can't—I cannot imagine, dude, a meeting at any executive level of any network where everybody sat around some table and said, "What if the cop transferred his soul to a dog, and that's the premise for our show?" And oh, somebody said, can- "Greenlight that business." Sure, I mean, but but think about Manimal. Think about BJ and the Bear. Like th- those yeah. pitch meetings are just as ridiculous. Uh, yeah, at the but beginning. execution's a lot better. Exactly. I guess that's, that's it. what it, it all comes down to. Execution. I get the feeling now that I'm thinking about this that these guys were overstretched. Uh, this this smacks of we've taken on too many projects. We can't give them all 
the attention that they're due. So let's just let's just jam this thing out. The the crux is talking dog. People love talking dogs. We don't have to spend a lot of time and energy on it because uh, it'll either work or it doesn't based on the dog talking. So just 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 crank out a script. Don't don't worry about it. Yeah. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah, I think that's I think you've said it well. If you want to so so here's my alternate recommendation. First of all, you probably should go watch it just so you can see what we've seen and and share our pain and, and see what this thing's about. But when you're done with that, go watch the Jim Henson Storyteller series, uh, which a lot of people don't even know about, but it's all on Netflix. And um uh, one 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 stretch of the series is John Hurt, the fantastic actor, English actor John Hurt. Uh, and the other stretch of the other set of episodes is uh, starring the dude, Michael Gambone, who becomes um, uh, the, the current Harry Potter. Um, mean Harry Morgan. No, no, no. That's a callback to this. <laughs> it's a callback. Uh, Dumbledore. That's who I'm thinking of. Ah, Plays the current okay. uh, the Dumbledore that took over for Richard Harris. Anyway, right. these guys have, they, they tell these fables and these, story, these stories. It's a, it's a kid's show. Really twisted, though. But the way they do it is it's live action, you know, John Hurt with his dog and his dog is full on puppet like t- total uh-huh. muppet show style puppet and gotcha. the dog has got all these questions about these stories like well what really happened with rapunzel and this sort of thing and oh but the story has much more to tell than blah 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 and then they'll fade to some again co- combination of live action and really weird kind of dark crystal level puppetry and it's awesome it's enchanting and it's mesmerizing and it's creative there's just some special sauce there and when you watch that you'll be going well, why couldn't the henson company have done puchinski might have worked you know might have pulled it off so anyway go watch you those. nailed it all all in the execution yeah we may do that I, on an autopilot coming up because those are great i will say i did like elf <laughs> dude yeah i did i, I don't i, I shouldn't say i, I hate elf. i just didn't i haven't watched it in years but. yeah but i just didn't i don't know I don't know what the craze was about. There's a lot of 80 sitcoms. I scratch my head and go, why? You know, you you're a lover of cats. You had, uh, <laughs> alien life form that eats cats. Not funny. Not funny. Good point. Good point. All right. Let's move on to uh, what happened next time uh, for this, for the people oh, at least yeah. involved in this show. Hey, Pachinski, finally found someone to kiss you. <laughs> hey, Shriver, don't let the word get around. I wouldn't want anyone to think I've been unfaithful to your wife. Oh, zing. Sergeant Shriver. Best lines in the movie are before he becomes a dog. I found, anyway. Well, yeah, because he gets to be actual Peter Boyle. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, so, show did not get picked up, but Boyle went on to NYPD Blue, which I did not know. Um, and at the peak of his career, Everybody Loves Raymond, which um, he was great on there. He was Raymond's father and always good for a laugh. And he, he's had a long storied career oh, dating, yeah. dating way back. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, uh, Peter Boyle, thankfully his career did not hinge on the success or critical acclaim of Puchinski. Yeah. Nobody else though, uh, well, other than writers and directors and stuff, as far as some of the actors go, n- not a lot of people moving on to other big deals. Um, I was, I was trying to find, here he is, George Newbern. He was the main detective guy. I haven't seen him in other stuff. The he, living partner. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he was the boyfriend. He definitely and, looks familiar. Oh, yeah. He's very familiar. And he's in so, all sorts of stuff. But he's doing a lot of voice work now. Uh, for, you know, for, As an example, he did a bunch of voices in the, the uh, Star Wars, the Old Republic video game, a bunch of cartoons, Superman versus the Elite, which was a direct-to-DVD thing. 
He but, was uh, Dr. Curtis Ryerson in Nip Tuck. I never, I've never watched that, but uh, I know uh, several people who have. I did, and it was uh, pretty good, actually, um, that show and his part. He was all right. He was in The Ghost Whisperer, Grey's Anatomy, a lot of TV stuff. Uh, so he kept going. Oh, Jericho is where I really remember him from. As the president? Yep. Glenn One of the- Tamaraccio or whatever it was. Tamarchio, Tamarchio. maybe? Yeah. I don't say it right. Anyway, so good for him. I'm glad that someone... <laughs> Someone made it out of the fire that was uh, Puchinski. And uh, that is all she wrote, folks. That was the end of that. Let's get to the rap party. Uh, blatant disregard for rules. And he has adopted this this mongrel he keeps in the back seat. And yes, he breaks wind constantly. The dog. Sergeant Puchinski. <laughs> fart, yeah. jo- fart joke. Except they're going to be the same for the... Oh, never mind. All right. So y'all... <laughs> <laughs> You're oh, all? father of the bride. That's where. That's where. He's yeah, he from. was the boyfriend. Uh, yeah, getting married okay. to the girl. Yeah, right. That just sunk in. Just, sucks. just watched uh, planes, trains, and automobiles again. Just so you reminded me of it because Steve Martin's in it. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, good thanks. Movie holds up so well. Anyways, um, here's the thing that you there's the the elephant in the room, which we haven't mentioned on purpose here because we wanted to save it for the last of the show. Peter Boyle, perhaps previous to this, most visibly famous for his role as the monster as the Frankenstein monster in, Frankenstein. Young, in young Frankenstein. And, uh, you know, perfect build and height and all that kind of stuff for a role like that. And I thought it'd be fun to be reminded of one of the iconic moments from that film, which is him on stage with Gene Wilder singing Putting on the Ritz. So here is just a piece of that for you to enjoy. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Different types who wear a day coat, pants with stripes, or cutaway coat, perfect fits. Oh, if only Puchinski would have talked like that. I know. There's your movie. Or your TV show, your pilot. Um, Yeah, I I use it great in that. I remember that was the only place I'd ever seen him before, Raymond, honestly. I just didn't remember him in these other things, but... uh, He's just, he's got a great role in that. He's great in it. And that movie kind of holds up. It's pretty good. Listen to how young Gene Wilder sounded in that. That was weird. Sounded like yeah. he was 12. Uh, I guess that's an older movie now. And I was way young when I saw it. But uh, oh man, there you go, everybody. There's your rap party. There's your full, I think. I don't know that we could do a more thorough investigation of what Puchinski was. I think we have uh, investigated every crevice. <laughs> Aren't you glad we got a bonus episode? Woo! <laughs> Please don't take this as an insult no. in some way. Uh, I, I, I was curious about Puchinski and why it would happen at, at everything. So I'm if, glad we did. It fulfills our fiduciary duty as as hosts of the show to cover pilots that just sucked or didn't make it. Totally. Or for whatever reason, didn't end up on the air. There's no fun in a season without it. So, and so, if you're it. like, no, 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 there are lots of pilots of great shows that didn't get greenlit. Well, let us know. Yeah, let us know what you think. Uh, future episodes in uh, season three coming up. We'd love your suggestions, guys. That's it for this season. However, a bunch of you supported us on Kickstarter on a very specific level that we'll be getting the uh, exclusive commentary track version of the show uh, that we're going to do for. As yet unannounced show, right? We're not, we haven't picked the pilot yet. We, need we haven't to picked that. the pilot that we're going to do for that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we're going to watch it and comment in real time. Yes, exactly. So it'll be me. It'll be Tom. It'll be us watching it. So and the idea will be whatever the pilot will be, it will be freely accessible somewhere on some service. 
not necessarily freely, but you know what I mean, available to you in some common way, be it Netflix or YouTube or something somewhere. So you definitely get your hands on it. And the idea would be you'd plop it on your head, uh, much like the film sack bonus acts we do, where you can listen to us talk about it in real time while we watch the show. And that's coming soon. We'll keep you guys advised on the website and Twitter as to when that's going to happen. But the outside of that, this ends season two. And I can't be more thrilled with how things have gone uh, with everything, especially our guests, Tom. I can't see enough for these people. Yeah, we don't have we don't have guests uh, booked for season three. And I'll, I'll be honest, I'm going to kind of miss it. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to maybe bringing that back in season four. Yeah, absolutely. Having you guys here has been just a real treat. Your added insight and thoughts about the pilot you've been picking just really was the highlight of the season for us. Uh, it's not that we didn't think that would be great. We knew it would be. I just didn't know how awesome it really would be or what level that would take the show to. And so I'm just super stoked that you guys did it and thankful that you did um, for not for everything, for the support, but also just being here and being great, easy guests. Uh, so hats off to all you guys that were part of the show this season. Huge, huge thanks. And but giant thanks to you, Tom. It's been a blast. Likewise, Mr. Johnson. Yeah. It's fun as always, man. Always, yep. We'll be back for season three. So everyone, hold on to your seats. Who knows what the future brings after that? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, but as always, continue to find this episode in all archives at the website at autopilotshow.com or also on iTunes. You can just search for us there for autopilot. Uh, also at frogpants.com. Autopilotshow at gmail.com is where you can send your email feedback. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott Johnson, Tom at Ace Detect, and the show at autopilotshow. That is going to do it for us, for me, for Tom, and for 13 lonely episodes. We'll see you next time. Cliche dog joke. Wrapped in plastic.